Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is The Nest, our mini-show that's all about the delightful and delicious things that make our homes just where we want to be. And it's a watch-read listen, Elizabeth. We like to do this once a month where we share what we're watching, what we're reading, and what we're listening to. And frankly, I stole this concept from Twin Cities Live, but I came up with the concept for Twin Cities Live. <laughs> so did so you I really felt like it, it was totally fair for me to steal it and bring it here, too, because... I love finding out, you know, I love asking people, like, what podcasts are you into or what books are you reading? Because we are in a golden age where there's just so much media to consume. And then the downside is I feel like it's really hard to choose. Jay and I had this thing for a while, Marjorie, where... We would spend so much time trying to figure out what to watch that then by the time we kind of figured it out, I was like, it's too late. I got to go to bed. I totally get that. I do that all the time where it's like, oh, so this is really helpful. So what are you watching this month? Okay, well, I just watched the movie um, Marriage Story, which is on oh. Netflix. It was nominated for Golden Globes. It's getting all sorts yep. of buzz for other um, awards. And here's what I want to say about it. Number one, I totally think it was worth watching. We talk about marriage a lot on this podcast. Yep. Um, and if you haven't heard anything about it, it stars Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. And the story is of their marriage breaking down. So it's them going through a divorce. And um, what's so fascinating about it is that the director, Noah Baumbach, he based this story a lot on his own divorce. Right. He's married to an actress. It's very real. And I will Mm -hmm. tell you that it's sometimes and a lot of times it's uncomfortable to watch because if you're in a marriage – that you hope isn't breaking down when you see how they behave to one another and you can get some little like, whoa, 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 I've done that or I've said that. It is um, a little bit shocking. But at the same time, I actually think it's really encouraging because you can go, okay, wow, that kind of stuff can lead to the demise of a marriage. How can I be more aware of how I'm behaving in my relationship? Now, Jay has not watched it because I watched it when he was gone. But Marjorie, I do think this is one of those, you know, you talk about watching rom-coms with Ian and that sort of being like a little bit of a marriage counseling session because then you'd like discuss things in relationships. I think this one would be a really intense one to watch together and do. But you can stream it on Netflix. It's... um. I think Adam Driver's performance is phenomenal. Yes. He's, I have, I like a lot of people. I mean, he's just amazing. I, I know he's in the Star Wars franchise now. He was but, in Girls. But he's he, in Girls. If you haven't watched Girls, that's a good one to go back to, to see the evolution of Adam Driver's character and perhaps at the same time, the evolution of his acting. He's incredible. And in Marriage Story, what I loved about it, I think you're exactly right, that it's a cautionary tale uh, 
and just so everybody knows, there is optimism within it and there's hope within it. But it is a cautionary tale in how much listening matters in a marriage. For sure. You really need to hear what your partner is saying about what they feel about their life at any given moment. And I think it's a good thing to either watch together or watch separately and discuss. So I think that's and I kind of have for my watch this month, I kind of have the antidote. Oh, I have good. one I have one of my favorite rom coms, Unreal Love. Love that is very difficult to attain. Optimistic love, idealistic love, and it's Kate and Leopold on Netflix. Oh yes. Is this um uh, wait, is it Meg Ryan in this? Oh, yeah. Meg Ryan, uh, Hugh um, Jackman. Oh, Hugh Jackman, yes. And it, I remember going to the theater and seeing this in 2001 when it came out because, I, of course, at that time, everybody was loving Meg Ryan. I loved Meg Ryan. And it was the first time I'd ever seen Lee Schreibner. And I remember thinking, because he he has a major role in the movie, but I had never seen him anywhere else. He was primarily a stage actor in New York. And I was like, who is that? I mean, he just <laughs> because he kind of pops through. He pops through the story. It's a, you know, it's a friv- it really is kind of a frivolous rom-com, but it's really lovely. And it's all about, if you haven't seen it, it's a great throwback. Um, it's kind of timeless. And it's a little bit strange because it kind of parallels right now what Harry and Meghan are going through. The big Megxit. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a very, very sweet time travel love story movie. And that's what I watched. I, I, I watched and it's, it's wonderful. Okay. That's so. really good. All right. Now I'm going to go from marriage to cancer. I don't know what's okay. happening today. Marjorie, <laughs> yeah. I'm really intense. Um, this you is are. what's happening. Um, okay. So here's what I read recently that I think would be really great for everybody to read. Now, um, I have like everyone, everyone has a cancer story, right? Right. My, Parents each lost a parent very young to cancer. So Mm. my grandfather, my mom's dad died at 48 of colon cancer. My dad's mom died five days before I was born of cancer of the fallopian tubes. Mm. So it was, it's interesting how that sort of dynamic, because I think my parents were so young when that happened and they were young when they had me that it was really at the top of mind. This is why. And I'm not saying that my, that we did everything healthy because there was certainly a lot of lucky charms in my house growing up, but (laughs) my parents were really into juicing and they were always into juicing from the time that I was young until now. I mean, they're still into juicing and a lot of it had to do with talk about cancer and, um, it really impacted how I do a lot of things in life. You know, that has to do like me loving to juice transitioned into me turning the juice in the juice pulp into food for my chickens, which then turned into composting for the garden, you know, all of these different things. Right, right. So there's a book I read called The Cancer Revolution recently. It's by uh, Lee Aaron Connolly, who's a doctor. She's an integrative physician and it's called A Groundbreaking Program to Reverse and Prevent Cancer. And I know this can get tricky because, um, you know, you can kind of end up in two camps of either you're a straight Western medicine chemotherapy radiation proponent or you are um, an alternative medicine right. proponent. This book does a really beautiful job of bringing the two together. Oh, I and, love that. Yes. And um, talking about some of the things that, oh my gosh, makes so much sense when you hear um, things like cancer cells are in our body all the time, right? They're everywhere. The problem is when they all hang out together. Right. So how do you prevent that from happening? And some of these really fascinating tests that you can do 
that can indicate cancer levels way before it develops into a tumor. So I found this book really empowering. I really loved it. I actually have it on my nightstand still, and I'm going to go back and read it again with highlighter and then start taking the action items. I told my husband I read this and he was like, okay, just tell me what I have to do. What do I have to take? What do I have to do? You know, and I, love Jay. Um, I know that's how he is. What am I taking now? What supplements do you have me on? That's fine. I wonder um, if, th- if that attitude goes back to the fact that he was a high level hockey player. So what do I have to do to train? What do I have to yeah, do? If somebody's telling me I'll do it. Yeah, um, but again, it's called that. the cancer revolution. And I think even if you're not I'm super into like health books. I love that kind of stuff. But right. um, even if you're not into it, I do think this one is really, really worth a read. So The Cancer Revolution, it's really good. Okay. So after you read that, everybody, how about this? Um, I I found this article. It's in this month's um, uh, Atlantic, the Atlantic magazine. So January? Um, if for January. It's the I think it's the January February issue. You can get it on Texture if you haven't if you don't subscribe to the Atlantic, which and is now Apple. It's like Apple News. Just oh, sorry, FYI. that's right. I keep I know I can't. Let I go. call it Texture too because and it's it was Apple called Plus. even something at before something else before that yeah. when I first started looking at it. It's like the magazine subscription service, and it's wonderful because you could just browse a billion different articles. But this one caught my eye. And the title was, um, the headline was, The Miseducation of the American Boy. Oh my gosh, I have to read this. Oh, you absolutely do. And I I think anybody that has a boy should read this because it's it's all about um, what boys are going through. It is the cover story. It's written by Peggy Ornstein, who just happened to have been born. I looked her up. She was born in Minneapolis. I love that. Oh, wow. but she's the author. It's an ex- excerpt from her book, Boys and Sex. And she talks a lot about toxic masculinity. Um, she surveyed 100 boys from 16 to 21 and talked to them about what it means to be a man. Um, but I have to read you something. And this is a little long. And I'm hoping you can stick with me. Um, because I really think this is so important. And I want people to read this, especially if you're raising boys. So this is one of the things she says in the article. And I think this will be particularly interesting to you because you have a girl and a boy. So she writes, Elizabeth, feminism may have provided girls with a powerful alternative to conventional femininity and a language with which to express the myriad of problems that have no name. But there have been no credible equivalents for boys. Quite the contrary. The definition of masculinity seems to be, in some respects, contracting. When asked what traits society values most in boys, only 2% of male respondents in a survey said honesty and morality, and only 8% said leadership skills, traits that are, of course, admirable in anyone, but have traditionally been considered masculine. When I asked my subject, as I always did, what they liked being about a boy, what they liked about being a boy, most of them drew a blank. Huh? mused Josh, a college sophomore at Washington State. That's interesting. I never really thought about that. You hear a lot more about what is wrong with guys. That is intense. Yeah, it's and and she goes a little bit into the history of how the I, the idea of a man has changed that historically if you go back like into the early 19th century uh, traits like honesty, um, compassion, empathy were emphasized much more th- within the masculine culture than they are now. 
in certain segments of society. We always have to break that down. For sure. But 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 it still is an interesting study. This is the part that I thought you would really key into, though, Elizabeth. She said, mothers of young children have repeatedly found to talk more to their girls and to employ a broader, richer emotional vocabulary with them, with their sons. Again, they tend to linger on anger. As for fathers, they speak with less emotional nuance than mothers, regardless of their child's sex. Despite that, according to Judy Chu, a human biology lecturer at Stanford who conducted a study of boys from pre-K through first grade, little boys have a keen understanding of emotions and a desire for those close relationships. But by age five or six, they've learned to knock that stuff off. Wow. Isn't that so, so interesting? That's really, really fascinating. That's probably a great jumping off point for a whole nother episode of Best of the Nest because yes. I think that idea of raising boys, for me, I feel much, I feel a much heavier weight raising Franklin than I do raising Bernadette. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Because I just feel like I, I just know, I know what will drive Bernadette. Like I, I just have an understanding of girls and women right. that I don't have of men and boys because I also didn't grow up with brothers. I grew up with sisters. Yep. And so I think about those things and I think about him growing into a kind, um, thoughtful person with character all right. the time. It's, All it's so – you and I are and were in the same position. I have three older sisters, um, very sort of matriarchal family. My father was very – though. my father up to a certain age was quite a wonderful father for girls. Um, there were other complications, but up to a certain age, he was quite wonderful <laughs> with girls. But I think that, that when I found out I was having boys, I felt that same – weight. And I think what's important when you're raising boys is I, what I had to do, or I'll just say what, for me, what I had to do is I just read all the time. And I also happened to have a very communicative husband. So there was some good modeling already going on there. But I, I just think if you have boys, you'll find this essay so, so interesting. It's in the Atlantic, the January, February issue. Track it down if you can. You can Google it and maybe I'll put a link in our in our notes. You yeah, can let's Google put a it. link in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. And then you can find it. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to what we're listening to before we have to jet today. Um, yes. So I have a podcast recommendation and this is a woman that I think a lot of people know about, but is she sort of new to me, which is funny because because she's from Minnesota <laughs> and um, her name is Jenna Kutcher and she has a podcast called the Gold Digger Podcast. Hmm. Brilliant name. I mean, yeah. very good. Gold Digger. She is um, a person who worked in a corporate job and then wanted something better and bigger for herself and she wanted to find some more meaning. So she started a photography business and then has ended up becoming this um, – this motivator and inspirer and teacher of entrepreneurs. And her oh. podcast is really interesting. I've been listening to a couple of episodes. Number one, I just like her. I enjoy, I think um, there is, she's very comfortable in her own skin and she's not afraid to show who she is, what her body is like, her imperfections, all of those things right. she's great with and is encouraging everybody else to be great with too. Um, but I think she's she the way she talks about business and um, I think whether or not you want to become this entrepreneur or you just want to 
be better at whatever you're doing now or you just want to learn about being better, she is really helpful. Oh, that's So really again, good. it's called the Gold Digger Podcast. And then the more I dig into her, it's like tons of celebrities are super into her messages and um, she has a lot of connections and I and she's living in northern Minnesota. And I thought, I got to meet this girl. I got to find that's out what's wonderful. going on here. So yeah, it's called the Gold wonderful. Digger Podcast. I think you'll like it. She's got millions of downloads. So she's very successful. But if you haven't heard of her, I just bring her up. So I've been listening to, uh, pulled out one of my old CDs, Walk the Line from the movie Walk the Line. Oh yeah, Reese Witherspoon, re- Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix. So I saw, so on like the pop news feeds, there was a reunion between Reese Witherspoon and Joaquin Phoenix on the Golden Globes red carpet. And it just reminded me how much I love that CD because I used to play oh. it all the time. So I pulled John it out. June. Oh, it was so good. And it's so funny. So I, I've, one, two of my favorite songs are, uh, duets between Reese Witherspoon and Joaquin Phoenix, uh, It Ain't Me Babe and Jackson, two, um, Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash songs. So I've been listening to that. And then last night I thought, I've never heard the, Johnny Cash, June Carter Cash version of Jackson, the song. So I looked it up on on YouTube last night. And what's so funny is I really like the Reese Witherspoon and Joaquin Phoenix one better. (laughs) Which, no, I mean, no disrespect, but it's like, oh, God, that's how good they were. That's how good Joaquin Phoenix and River uh, and Reese Witherspoon were in that movie. But if you've never heard the CD, uh, it's a great. And if you like country music a little bit, it's just a great, great sort of old school country music um, uh, movie and music. It's wonderful. Oh, I love it. That's so good, Marjorie. Okay, that's what we've got for you for Watch, Read, Listen for January. Good recommendations. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and write us a review at Apple Podcasts. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest. And starting soon, our newsletter, go to besttothenest.com to subscribe. We are the podcast that brings you home. Bye, darling. Goodbye. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.